Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right. Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com. This is your host, Brandon Allen, and I am excited about today's podcast. I want to talk a little bit about something that a good friend of mine, Janet Jackson, talked about years ago on an album called Control. And I want to talk a little bit about control today and what we have control over as business owners. And I'm going to tell you right now, at the risk of pissing some people off, at the risk of sounding like a cupcake or a snowflake, I don't know what uh, what people are called who, who don't necessarily agree with the president, um, but... Uh, that might be me at some level. And if you want to see an interesting case study, and listen, I don't have a dog in this fight. I can give you leadership things that I don't agree with, with every single presidency that has existed in my time that I've cared about the presidency from Reagan till today. But I'm going to tell you this right now, and I say this all the time. As a leader, you can have influence or you can have control, but you can't have both. And if you look at how the presidency today is trying to lead and trying to get things done, they are using a control paradigm through threats, shame, different things like that. And look, I know this is going to piss people off that uh, are big Donald Trump fans, but I'm telling you right now, it is a fascinating case study as a leader and someone who works in the leadership space personally to literally watch the control paradigm fail when it comes to leadership. You cannot lead adults through control because eventually those adults will say, hey, guess what? Screw you. We're not going to do it. It's a fascinating case study. I don't know if you guys are fascinated. Some of you are probably disgusted by it, but I find it fascinating. I love to sit back and watch how leaders lead and when they do it well and when they do it not so well. And I think in our climate today in the States, and I'm, I'm speaking to my American friends, although, listen, all my international friends are fascinated by this too. Probably more so because they get to sit back and just eat the popcorn and watch the, watch the crazy unfold. But uh, the control paradigm doesn't work. But today, I, I want to segue into really talking about what we can control. And when we talk about accountability at work. We there's a lot of talk about accountability and there's a lot of frustrations that leaders have about employees taking ownership for their work. And raise your hand and if you're driving don't raise both hands, but raise your hand if you want people to take more ownership at work. Every single leader that I talk to would love it if their employees took more ownership at work. So where does good ownership to start with. And when I do coaching and consulting at New Work Revolution, the reality of the situation is, is I don't try to change teams. That is not the approach that I take to creating better cultures, more productivity, more growth. I change leaders. Because when you change leaders, you impact the entire organization through the leadership shifts. That means that I coach owners, that means I coach managers, that means I coach executives, I coach leaders because when we get leaders who are leading well and leading on purpose and leading with intention and taking personal accountability, that stuff starts to rub off on the organization. And I want to talk about some areas 
where we don't shift accountability in the right places and what happens when we don't. And the big challenge here overarching is that we try to change other people through taking ownership and through accountability, and that is a fruitless exercise. We can't make other people take ownership and accountability for things, but we can invite the uh, we can invite those things to happen and create the atmosphere for that to happen through the way that we lead. And I want to talk about three areas, and this isn't every area, but these are three main areas that I see. And then I've had specific intentional conversations with leaders just this week in this particular area. Here's the first thing that we don't own and what we try to control and where we lack accountability. We want to own other people's behavior. We want to take, we want to change and control other people's behavior around us. And let me tell you what the problem with that as a leader is. You can't control how people are acting. This is why I brought up the president example, even though I risk losing subscribers and getting angry emails. I don't really give a shit because it's it's bad leadership. I don't care if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, if you're an independent. It's Some of the tactics are just poor leadership, poor, poor leadership. And the problem is, is when we try to control other people's behaviors, we realize that adults can't be controlled because adults will do what adults want to do. The only thing that I can control is myself. But here's the problem with self-control. If I can't control myself, if I can't exercise good self-control as a leader, how am I going to influence other people to also practice and exercise good self-control? That doesn't work. I can't say do as I say, not as I do as a leader. It doesn't work. It never works. I have to walk the talk. If I say it, I'm doing it. And this is where we talk about values. We talk about making commitments. We talk about objectives. And I always tell leaders, listen, if you can't make a ruthless commitment to your values, to your objectives, to the things that come out of your mouth, do, do not say it. And I've been this kind of a leader. I have been the leader who said one thing and did another. I've been that kind of uh, uh, you know, incongruent, inconsistent, hypocritical leader. I've been that kind of a leader, so I understand where that comes from or how that happens. But as leaders, we have to be willing to walk the talk. This is so important. And here's the thing about this too. And and when I look at people's behaviors and why they're not doing better, I look at where can I show up better as a leader for people to help them do their job at a different level. So number one, when I talk about behavior, what I got to think about is what kind of delegation and empowerment have I really given them? Am I expecting them to act empowered when I have not even had that conversation with them of what that would look like? Have I drawn boundaries for them? Have I have I mapped out their roles and objectives for them personally? And I don't know how many times, look, and I just had a conversation with a leader this week where we talked about, hey, how do I get these guys to take more ownership? And I'm like, okay, well, what is ownership? What are their objectives? What are they supposed to accomplish? And how do we know if they're accomplishing it? This conversation usually gets very quiet because we realize, leaders recognize, you know what? I haven't even told them what that is. So now we want them to do something that we haven't even really communicated that we want them to do. And I'm going to get into communication here in a second. But when we talk about empowerment, think about this as a leader. What kind of time are you taking to train your team? What kind of time are you giving them for feedback? What are you? What kind of time are you giving them for personal growth? What kind of opportunities are you giving them to support them at a higher level? 
And if you want people to act empowered, but you don't have time to train, give feedback, do personal development, if you're not willing to invest in your employees with time, money, and effort, why would they perform at a higher level? Because really, what you're saying is, is look, I don't have time for you. You're not important enough for me to make time for. And I know this is really convicting, and I know some people are going to hear this and think, damn it, uh, I can't believe he's saying this. Brandon's a real bastard. He doesn't understand what it feels like to be me, or he's not in my shoes. And and I've had people come to my workshops, and they said, well, God, it's real easy being you. And I get it. But I'm only saying this because I've led teams for years and years, and I continue to lead teams. So it's not like I sit in an ivory tower and I say, gosh, you should do this because it's the right thing to do. It's because these are things that I've made my own commitments to do, and that's important. So if you want people to act empowered and you want people to change their behavior, my first question to you is what is the behavior that you're bringing to the table that's either creating an environment for success or maybe even creating an environment for failure? And what if it? What would it look like if you took ownership for your team's failure at some level and said, hey, listen, uh, this is on me. How do I create a better environment here? And that might be by having uh, tough conversations, and I'll get into that here in a minute. So behavior is one of those things that we try to control uh, in the other way. Now let's look at time. Time is a great situation where we say, hey, I don't have time because we're not owning time. If I don't own time, then other people don't own time. So if you have an organization where people miss deadlines, they don't focus on their work at the level that they should, ask yourself how you're showing up in this situation. How do you own time? And I've literally had leaders who have told me, you know, Brandon, my team doesn't uh, come to the office on time. And I'm like, okay, well, do you come to the office on time? No, I don't. Okay, so you want your team to be on time, but you can be late. Yeah, okay, that doesn't work, right? And that's a really extreme example. Very few or very seldom do I get leaders who have that sort of a problem, but that sort of stuff comes up. We get mad when people are late, but we're not on time. We get mad when people run over in an appointment, but we run over in appointments. We can't create accountability in areas where we're not holding ourselves accountable to the same standard. So let me ask you this. When it comes to time, how are you being a victim to time? Do you have rhythms for the important things that need to happen on a week-to-week basis? The things that are absolutely essential and vital to your uh, success that allow you to express your purpose at the highest level, do you have rhythms and habits established for you to consistently work on those? What does your calendar look like right now? And is there time and space set aside for those most important and essential activities? If the answer is no, you're not owning time. And I can't expect other people to own time or respect my time when I don't respect my time. If I want other people to respect my time, I've got to respect my time first. That's how it works. If I want other people to respect me, I've got to respect myself first. That's what taking true ownership in every situation looks like. So how do you own time? Let's talk about owning communication. This is a big one. Hey, Brandon, I can't believe my team doesn't do this, this, and this. Hey, Brandon, I can't believe that uh, they didn't just know to do that. Okay, well, where's the ownership and communication there? There's none. What there is is there's an owner, there's an, an ownership of help wanting people to assume that certain things should transpire. And I don't want to have a culture of assumption. I want to have a culture of clear communication. That's one of my values at New Work Revolution is clear communication. We will over-communicate 
an issue to make sure that it's absolutely clear. Because if we don't, it's so easy to have a misinterpretation of what is supposed to happen. And look, if my team doesn't execute, the first thing that I look at as a leader is why, where could I have communicated this better? Where did I miss the boat in my communication? Was I not clear? Did I not empower them enough? Where did I fail? Now, I'm not saying that every time someone doesn't execute that it's because you didn't communicate it properly, but I guarantee you that communication is a huge issue here. I go back to the thing that I talked about with behavior and people understanding their roles and responsibilities. This is a communication issue. This is where we haven't taken the time to communicate their role clearly, yet we want to hold them to a standard that they're not really even sure what the standard looks like. So I've got a finish line in mind, but they don't know where it is. So I'm just telling them to run, and I'm hoping that they get to the finish line. I haven't told them where the finish line is, but I'm hoping to God that they just just get it. Like, dude, don't you know this is a 10K? It's a 10K. How come you don't know that? Well, they thought they were running a 5K. Maybe they thought they were running a half marathon. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they're pacing themselves because they know they're in it for the long haul. But if we don't communicate these things, how are they going to know? So ask yourself this with regards to communication. Where are you not taking ownership in your communication? Do you have consistent rhythms and habits for communicating? Do you have weekly meetings, daily meetings? Do you have coaching meetings? Do you have feedback meetings? Do you have uh, uh, review meetings? Do you have quarterly meetings? Do you have annual meetings? Do you have the time and space set aside to do this? And I don't know how many times I hear leaders say, Brandon, I don't have time to do all this communication bullshit. I don't have time for it. And you don't have time to fix messes either and fix a lack of execution. Yet, if you don't communicate these things, it becomes the easy, hard principle. It's easy today. It's hard later. Communication is the hard thing now, but it makes my life easier later when people execute and they know where they stand, what's expected, and what they're supposed to do. If I don't communicate my expectations, how in the hell are people supposed to know your expectations? If you don't communicate those, how are they supposed to know? And I hear leaders every single week talk about their uncommunicated expectations and how people fell short of those uncommunicated expectations. That's frustrating to your team, and you're getting frustrated by that because your team doesn't execute. But the only reason they don't execute in this area is because you haven't told them what is expected of them. You haven't given them direction and had maybe a tough conversation and given feedback that maybe isn't positive. And I've, I've had leaders say this, well, you know, Brandon, I just like to be real positive. You know, so I don't really get into the, the failures or I don't get into the behavior that's not ideal. And that sounds great. It really does. But the problem is, is that sometimes people have blind spots. People show up in a certain way and they're not even cognizant of the fact that they're showing up this way. So we're hoping that they will magically pick up on this bad social cue or communication issue or whatever it is that they have and change it. But they can't do that. We need a catalyst to do that. There needs to be a catalyst that allows for that space and growth to happen. What is that catalyst for them? That catalyst a lot of times is your outside feedback because I can't read the label when I'm inside the bottle. I can't do it. Sometimes I need someone else to point something out to me that I am not recognizing that's important. So what kind of ownership are you taking for your own communication in situations to ensure that people are clear and that you're on the same page and that you're making your feelings known in every situation? 
Now, here's the thing. When we don't take personal responsibility, when we don't take ownership, we start to subscribe to the consumer condition. And the consumer condition is about being in scarcity. It's about fear. It's about doubt. It's about worry. It's about win-lose. All these different things come up when we're in the consumer condition. And when we operate in the consumer condition, we are playing not to lose. We are not playing to win. Everything is an obstacle around us. Nothing is an opportunity. And all of a sudden, I'm a victim to my own circumstances, even though I have created those circumstances. When we shift the onus of leadership and influence in our business to the producer paradigm, now I'm in abundance. Now I'm looking at possibilities. Now I'm looking at uh, win-win conversations with people and win-win relationships. People are an asset to me. They're not a tool. When I'm in the consumer condition, I treat people like a tool. When I am in the producer paradigm, I treat people like they're assets, which is so important if you're going to scale and lead a business. So think about those areas that I talked about for your own accountability. If people aren't accountable, if people aren't showing up the way that you want them to, where does that start? That starts with you. Where are we being Uh, Where are we operating out of the consumer condition? Where can we shift gears to the producer paradigm so that we can move our organizations forward for our team, for ourselves, and for our customers? So, hey, any questions that you have, uh, please go to newworkrevolution.com. Hit me up with questions. Uh, Would love to uh, hear from you guys. And if you enjoyed the show, if you thought it was powerful, probably don't send it to anyone who's a Donald Trump fan. But other than that, Please, uh, you know, share and uh, and and uh, talk to people about the show. So, hey, I've got a couple of exciting announcements coming up here uh, on the next episode. So, make sure you stay tuned for that because I'm going to talk about some things that we're up to and what we're doing on the podcast that I think you might want to check out. So, I want to thank everyone for listening. If you haven't rated the show in iTunes yet, do me a favor and do that as well, and uh, I will appreciate every uh, rating and uh, comment that you guys put on the iTunes page. So again, thank you for listening, guys, and we will talk next week. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.